0: Hello, it is Thursday, July 23rd. Some good conversations for you today. I think you will enjoy Legend Stop By. Hey, I can't thank you enough for allowing this show to penetrate your ear holes. You, you can choose, okay, a lot of other things to listen to. In fact, that you allow us to do so. We are eternally grateful. On a little personal news, uh, my lady and I got our marriage license yesterday okay forever's a long time but whenever it's with Sam it's going to be a good time we're getting married actually getting married that was a real thing i had to take our passport in I had to go to the uh like city council or whatever the courthouse I had to go through a metal detector obviously I had to have a mask on i think there were some people potentially reporting either for probation or jail that were in line with us we went up there though. Signed it away. Had to raise our right hand and say that we weren't related. <laughs> this sounds this sounds ridiculous, but it's true. We had to say out loud that we are not second cousins or closer. And I appreciate that that question was asked by the uh, courthouse. Okay, to get our marriage license, I I do appreciate that. That was there was uh, five questions. But the one that really stuck out to me is, are you second cousins or closer? Yes or no? No. Okay, raise your right hand and say that you have not lied. You swear to God, right motherfucking hell, you two aren't cousins? All right, you can get married. <laughs> uh, take the first big step. I mean, I guess getting engaged would be the first big step, which we did. Then and have a wedding, which we were originally supposed to do, but it got delayed due to covid Then another one, then it
1: got delayed, then it got delayed. So Sam
0: has planned like four weddings at this point with Bridget, the wedding planner, who has been a savior in this whole thing. My lady is an angel. She's worked very hard. And our wedding's coming up here soon. We got our marriage license, here we go. And we are not second cousins. Shout out to us, getting married. (laughs) and not being related. Uh fuck. Let's have a show. If you like this show, by the way, please tell a friend. If you don't like this show, just act like it never happened. All right, let's get to it. Big baseball show, obviously. Woo, big big baseball, baseball show. huge. As you know, I was a starting right fielder for a professional f- baseball team uh, that went on to come in second place in the league that they were in. Good baseball team. Mm-hmm. So... I am a professional baseball player hosting a sports talk show, and we're one day before opening day of the MLB season, which nobody thought was going to happen. A 60-game sprint to see who's going to be... The winner of the piece of metal at the end of this entire thing. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a two-time, two-time piece of metal winner from the MLB, you, Kevin Euclid. Let's go,
2: you! morning good morning fellas how you doing hey great how are you
0: by the way fan favorite over at the office the loma brewing company here and also the loma uh coffee company i hope business is booming over there
2: uh things are good uh just people are enjoying the outdoor patio and social distancing and having a good time so we're happy uh, as can be right now but long road ahead with this winter man it's gonna be tough but what? we'll get through it hey Keep swinging, bro. You see what I
0: did there with the baseball reference? Let's talk about
2: that. Or keep keep taking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about baseball coming back. We'll dive into um, your thoughts on who you think is going to do well, whether it's the batters or pitchers, now that you've got a chance to see some stuff. Let's talk about what happened last night with Jorge Lopez in the Houston Astros, okay? ESPN, they got me. Okay, they got me so they posted that yeah okay you know what i'm gonna say they got me they said uh they posted that the jorge lopez being basically back-to-back batters Altuve and, and bregman i believe mm-hmm. of the astros and they set it up in a fashion and i i mean it was for me they set it up for me to react the way i did and i was like oh, oh so the houston astros thought that these pitchers forgot about what happened with the garbage can banging and anything is there any was i completely wrong in thinking that that was payback or was those just two bad pitches that just so happened to hit the batter
2: yeah they're they're definitely bad pitches that Ah. ran on the batter Altuve you know Altuve you know I I looked back and I saw the same thing I saw somebody post that and I went back and the ball just ran I mean as a hitter you saw him like he went to go commit to the pitch and it just ran on his hands I mean I probably got hit by half my pitches like that but it's uh you know it's it's a part of the game and I mean these guys now though the you're going to see the amount of hit by pitches has gone through the roof If anybody goes and looks at the stats, you can see hit by pitches have been going up and up and up every single year. You know, guys are trying to throw harder. And when you try to throw harder, I mean, it's only there's only a select few guys that can throw high velocity and spot their pitches. So it's just it's just going to happen all the time as uh, this new school baseball is throw as hard as you can try to spin the ball as hard as you can which we've seen that is is great in a lot of ways, but it's about being efficient. And these guys are having a hard time being efficient and hitting the strike zone.
0: Okay, so I when I stepped into the batter's box for the first time in my life just a couple of years ago, I stepped into the batter's box against a pitcher that was drafted by the... Uh,
1: Brewers, I believe.
0: Brewers, whatever, okay? And I was like hey, a baseball is very hard. Is this guy going to just hit the hell out of me with one of these baseballs? And I was told by everybody, like, no, no, he knows where it's going. That, that guy that guy knows where it's going. You're in a good spot. And I was like, okay. And I was actually told, like, you'd be in much worse if it was a pitcher that wasn't drafted or something like that. You'd be much more scared because these guys, uh, they have such control over the ball. Has it become something that batters have to think about when they step in there? Like, hey, we have to be a little bit more alert nowadays because of the – chance of the insane pitches that they're going for there's also a chance i could get beamed right in the face here
2: yeah i mean that's always the risk you take every time you step in the batter's boxes there's a there's a chance that you can get smoked and uh that's part of it though it's you you have to you have to clear your mind with it though because if you think you're going to get hit of course you're going to give away the outside part of the plate because you're looking in, right? So Rowan
0: Gardner, the, for instance. Rowan Gardner, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're going to give it up. Yeah, yeah I get it. Yeah.
2: And, that's, and that's the key to it all is, you know, you have to get over that fear. You know, there's two things that separate why guys move on in baseball and why they don't. Uh, every, or a couple things. But uh, the main one is, you know, guys always say, I couldn't hit the curveball or I was scared of the ball. And that's just, that's just how your mentality has to be is, you can't be scared. You got to go in there. You got to take the bat, and you got to just hope you don't get worn out in spots that really hurt. But that's why guys are also wearing so much guards. You know, I, I hear all these old guys that played the game. They're like, "Oh, why are these guys wearing all that?" I'm like, "Because these guys are throwing 95 plus, and they have no idea where they're going." You gotta wear something. You know, you gotta you gotta put something on your body. So uh, I never get mad at guys for wearing a bunch of gear because, like I said, the hit by pitches. I mean, we go off statistical analysis all the time. It's there. It's factual. You know, guys are getting smoked more.
0: So the Astros players aren't thinking about that because they're thinking about that every time. Anyways, it's like at the point that we're in in baseball, like they understand that that's just a potential thought. There's not like an Astros team meeting where they're like, all right, boys, we've got this new helmet thing we're going to wear this year. We got these new rib cage protectors that we could potentially need just for the Astros this year. That's a thought for everybody anyways, with the way baseball is.
2: Yeah, I mean, if I was on the Astros right now, I'd probably get some Kavalar uh, <laughs> <at my laughs> gun shop. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's it's hard. I mean, these guys are definitely uh, they got they got a bullseye on their back. But you know, with the way baseball is uh, going to crack down on it, they'll they'll probably keep guys in line. But there's there's gonna be you know there's gonna be some outlaws. There's gonna be some outlaw pitchers that don't care, and they're gonna they're gonna beam them. So um, yeah. It, it's a tough situation to be in, but like I say, you you put yourself into those situations in life.
0: Hey, you make the bed, you
2: you, you do. You got you sleep,
0: you're sleeping it, but to sleep in it, you gotta unmake the bed. So that statement never really made sense. But <laughs> we will move forward. <laughs> we will move forward and not talk about it tomorrow prime time action in baseball you got the yankees and nationals and the giants and uh, in the dodgers Dodgers. big baseball what have you been watching via the spring training 2.0 that's in the middle of summer and what should we be expecting are pitchers going to struggle Are batters going to struggle what are your what are your initial thoughts here just watching the clips i assume that you've been watching as the rest of the world has been
2: yeah you you just kind of never know right like going into a season you know it's just going to be a mix of bag of who's who's doing well there's gonna be struggle. you know there's gonna be pitchers that struggle out the gate there's gonna be hitters that struggle out the gate i think one of the you know the whole thing with this season right there's 30 men on the roster right now two weeks later it goes to 28, and it goes down to 26. everything is going to revolve around the bullpen whoever has the most depth in the bullpen will have the most success overall going forward because in the early on, Dice. managers can really, really dissect and understand that they can put guys in. And if a guy's struggling, hey, this is 60-game season. I can't let this guy go as far as I can. I'm going to have to take this guy out. With that being said, though, the middle, the first two weeks are not going to be, they're, they're going to be very crucial in a lot of ways. But it's that four weeks in between. Because if you carry that four weeks after the first two weeks and you get really, really hot, you just ride it out. For those Ooh. next six weeks the problem is though you know when some of these young guys are going to be you know or these veteran guys too, so you face these young pitchers that you've never seen before so sometimes it takes a couple times getting through that in mm. order to understand that pitcher well you might not get to face that pitcher again so some of these young players might have some instantaneous success because there are really good scouting reports on them but there's not enough information with the, the eye tests where you step in the box and you get a feel of what they're throwing so it's going to be. I think this is going to be a fascinating sixty-game season that we're going to see ups and downs from many different type of players, from young to old. Me
0: and Chipper Jones think the Tampa Bay Rays are going to have a good run. <laughs> that's what we think. We think Tampa Bay Rays are going to have a good run. That's
2: a great. That's a great pick. I mean, uh, you know, Me the hard part is, is uh, you know, the, you got the Red Sox, you know, lineup they have to face, and you got the Yankees lineup, and oh. um, it's 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 a, bi- it's a big, it's it's a big division there. But the Rays have all the pitching. And and if you have the bullpen pitching and you have a lot of a lot of arms and depth, you're going to give yourself a really good chance because sixty games is nothing. I mean, you know, hopefully guys can stay healthy through that. But you're also going to have to be prepared for those guys that try to go overboard. And my, you know, they might they might get some tweaks and stuff like that too by trying to do too much.
0: Will you stick around
2: through the commercial break on YouTube? For sure.
0: We have to get to a break for radio because our first segment went thirty-two minutes long. (laughs) This is the Pat McAfee Show. We'll see you on the other side. It's so funny, Euclid. You got a fucking problem?
2: <laughs> I just love how you're getting paid by YouTube. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is a factual statement. Hey, YouTube's pretty cool. Let's, um, what do you think, is there going to be, the, with no fans, what are we going to learn about baseball? Is there a lot more talking than we think? Are we going to be able to hear that? How, how do you think that is going to affect the, the, the culture of the game, basically, the environment of the game? Do you think that changes anything?
2: That actually is, I didn't even think about that till now. You probably will have more hot mics. Yes. Uh, because the fans are going to be out and some, <laughs> you're definitely going to hear some stuff that you shouldn't yeah. hear. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is, uh, you know, it's it, it's a good thing. Uh, I think that, you know, the hardest one's the spitting. Mm-hmm. The rule I read about spitting, I mean, I didn't even dip like, you know, you guys thought I did for all these years. <laughs> no, no, not me. Time. Not me. That was yeah. Ty Schmidt that
0: thought that. That was still, that guy. Still can't believe it.
2: It's all good. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, I, I maybe smoked a couple heaters. You know? yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I Don't tell my kids yeah. that. I, I've told my kids. There they are. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that I think that's the hardest rule because it's, like, natural. Like, you get in the box, you know, you do your thing, and, you know, you got something out, you spit it out. You know, and now it's on national TV, and everyone's going to be telling you that you gave everyone COVID, even though you don't even have it, you know, so... That's going, to be the, that's going to be the wild part about it, I think, the how, spitting rule.
0: How are they testing? Do you know how they're testing? I don't think we've heard from the MLB how they're testing, have we? Not
2: really. They were, didn't they spit it to like 14 day. times? Or every, yeah, right? other so every other day? From what I've heard is they're doing it every other day. Um, but some of these guys aren't even getting their tests back. I know Sean Doolittle talked about that. But I don't know. It's pretty wild.
0: <laughs> I'd say every other like yeah. the nfl just had to roll out an entire thing like day one we're testing day two we got nothing day three we're testing if you get two negatives in those two tests then you can come on day five for the first day of training if you don't like the entire testing uh, regimen for everybody's been saying but the mlb we haven't really heard much about it haven't mm-hmm. really heard much about it at all and they're the ones that are traveling city to city the nfl was watching the mlb like with like all right y'all motherfuckers need to pull this off <laughs> all right we, we need you guys to yeah. pull this off legit
2: yeah you, you guys get out you, you get all the uh the wrinkles out for us and we'll just uh <laughs> you know feed off on you and just move on but yeah i think football's uh, i think football's in harder trouble because as you know i mean you played football i mean you got way more dudes and how are you you gotta you gotta corral them all in i mean they're young they're 22 to you know 30 years old and and they're prime. And hey. No one wants to sit around in your prime. <laughs>
0: just not allowed to do anything. By the way, I think it's
2: yeah. Eric Ebron put out a,
0: Eric Ebron put out a tweet last night that said, "I'm preparing to leave my family for six months." I was like, "Damn, who said?" Are they leaving? It? They're going. They're going like just uh, oh, to training camp for the entire season. I didn't hear that, and then mm-hmm. I saw that tweet, and I was like, "Damn, I haven't heard that from anybody." Who knows? The MLB is big for the NFL, though. I can't wait to watch the debut. Diggs, what do you got,
1: Mister Euclis? You Euclid. U- U- the Red Sox had a chance to play to pay Mookie Betts, and now it's coming out this morning that he's potentially going to get a ten-year uh, extension with the Dodgers for three hundred fifty to four hundred million. You think the Red Sox should have paid him?
2: Uh, that's a really good question because I think he was offered a really high price yep. with the Red Sox from my from from the people within my uh, circle. little circle. He he was offered a very very high value price. So I think similar to that. I could be wrong on that. I I don't know specifically, but he was offered a very two years back. He was offered a very lucrative deal, and somewhere in that number um, could have been three hundred million. I don't know. I but he he was offered a, a long term deal that had very high value to him, and I think he was going to take his chances. Now he might be taking a step back, knowing that there's probably not a lot of suitors that can do that. And why? What? not better than go with the Dodgers who have tons of money? And let's be honest, even if you didn't get that number you hit, you can make that money off the field in Hollywood any day of the week.
0: I didn't know Hollywood was just tossing out money like that over there. Good for them. <laughs> Maybe Boston needs to pick it up a little bit with the sponsorships over there. Nah. Maybe you guys should care about your players a little bit more in Boston like they do in Hollywood.
2: Nah, <laughs> nah. But well, Boston, they paid us very good off the field, let me tell you. Vinatieri used to te-
0: hey, Vinny used to tell me stories. Oh, oh my God.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I get—I still get offers today, and I'm and I'm washed up to go do stuff. <laughs> no, 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 never. no, You're not
0: washed up, Yuke. Let's talk about the money here. These massive deals that the MLB has—that we just got a taste of in the NFL with Patrick Mahomes. Now they're already talking about losing 60 million potentially on a salary cap next year for the NFL. Have you heard anything about how they're going to figure out the MLB deals with the guaranteed lost revenue that's going to happen from playing without? Like, how how is that going to all get restructured? And is that all to be negotiated, or have they already figured that out in your idea in your eyes?
2: They'll be all right. All those owners will be all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is their second profession or second ownership of a company. I mean, these guys own more things than you can even imagine. These ownership groups. So I always look at it and I always say. I, it's you know how it is it's hard to explain this but you know the the players and their wages and salaries have been paid less than 50 percent of revenue for some time now it's it's you know so the money is there you know the, some of these people bought in at like a hundred million dollars and now they're valued at two billion dollars so um i look at it as yeah I, from a business standpoint owning a business yeah the, the books don't look good this year but don't worry those books will look really good in the next five years <laughs> but
0: what are the players going to get their money it's, uh, that's what I, I uh, didn't ever want to stick up yeah. for the owners. By the way, that I, was not I, what I meant I, to do. Well,
2: moving forward, I think you know, hopefully, with all this COVID thing and going out and all that, it, everything will be back to normal eventually. And I think, uh, well, the hard part is though we have a collective bargaining agreement this you yeah. know this offseason. So who knows? I mean, after this 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 round of going through this COVID thing was very rough as a as as someone that really truly loves the game of baseball. You know, and I and I, I I've always said I. I the minute it turned into a business for me was the day i i lost the love yeah. of the game in a, in a certain way oh yeah it, it it's hard to explain it until you go through it and you know a lot of us professional athletes that have gone through it are just like i just love playing this game i love being around my teammates i love winning i love competing and the money is just a byproduct of you know my stats and success and i get paid what you know in that same realm as other players that have the same stats as me so I think that's the hardest part in all this and and you know, hopefully the the, the players association in major league baseball sees the long term goals in this whole thing. They need to figure out the, the blackout restrictions with T V. They need to figure out the little things that keep the game moving along for this younger generation that is going away. They don't care. Hey, I don't care if you're pimping home runs or showing more emotion. They don't care.
0: Manfred's the, the, the guy the, though, you yeah. Manfred is the guy yeah. that's kinda, you know. Forge the ship through the river, Uke. That is definitely the (laughs) case. What's up,
1: Diggs? Yeah, you got a question um, about the Blue Jays, that now they're going to be playing in PNC Park. How happy do you think they are that they're going to be in a MLB stadium for the entire year versus a minor league stadium in Buffalo or wherever they were rumored to potentially be?
0: And if they win Pittsburgh, they'll become Pittsburgh's team.
1: Yep.
2: Well, finally, Pittsburgh's got some really, really good. Oh, no. All
0: right, Uke. Jeez. (laughs)
2: Uh, yeah, I had, you know, every t- every chance I get, that's for my boy, Sean Casey, Pittsburgh. Too, <laughs> the mayor, so, Um, Love that, guy. <laughs> that guy's the best, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, what an interesting ride they're going to have. Right. But the good part is though, customs, they're not going to have to go in and out of customs for the whole entire year. So those players are actually at benefiting now I'm not having to deal with all the, you know, the, the crap on the backside of going through customs and dealing with that on travel.
0: So they'll have to live in a hotel. Are all the are all the other players living with their families during the season? And then the Toronto guys are just in a hotel in Pittsburgh. I've been in a few hotels in Pittsburgh. I'm not 100 percent sure they're going to love that.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we stay at that one. It was it Four Seasons or something Ooh, right downtown. Oh, wow. live
0: good. No, it's not Four Seasons. There's
2: a Fairmont Pittsburgh. downtown. It's very nice. It's a really nice. It's got a glass like lobby. We'll be back hour and the two. Premianti Brothers is about a block away, oh. so it's all good. It's all good. Premanis, okay. Uh,
0: premanis. I mean, you I, kind of. Disrespect. I don't even
2: know how to pronounce it. It's got French fries
0: <laughs> <laughs> and coleslaw, if you do recall. You.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, we just went right through the radio hard out there. You know what I mean? Just like super professional radio show. You got a chance to see it firsthand here. I appreciate you sticking on with us, man. You're the best.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, this is uh, yeah, like I told you earlier in a, in a tweet, this is a uh, opening day is gonna be a tough day for me. I lost my father 11 days ago and my dad was the biggest baseball nut biggest baseball fan. So yeah, I mean, this baseball season couldn't happen at a better time for me personally and my family and we're just gonna be cheering on a great season. Hope everyone stays, you know, healthy and and uh yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah, I'm cheering up already because opening day my dad used to take us out of school. I'll never forget that. I don't know if your dad ever did that, but Go the first like three hours of school, and then dad like would take us out and take us down to the Reds game. So those memories will last a lifetime, and I'm just super proud that you know the, I, I get to share those memories and cheer on some more baseball this year. Hell yeah! Let's
0: hell celebrate yeah, your you. dad tomorrow a little bit, You That's Woo. beautiful. Yeah. The thought of your old man coming down. Oh, they got a doctor's appointment. All right, get the hell out. Of here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ah, that's absolutely. They awesome. knew
2: they knew exactly where we were going too because we were in all Reds gear, and you know they knew exactly, and it was great
0: well so. your dad did good sir your dad did good you're a hell of a gentleman and we appreciate you every time you come on here sorry for your loss obviously yeah thanks. Wor- worst part of this whole life thing is the death thing but man it, celebrating somebody that you love can be really cool and i think opening day is a beautiful beautiful time to do so we
2: appreciate you coming on you thank you guys and uh yeah baseball's back baby
0: hey did your dad did they screen uke for your dad everywhere he went <laughs>
2: You know what? They should have, because my dad was more legendary than I'll ever be in life, and uh, he was there all the time. Though he, he, they went to so many games, and the greatest pride of my father was the Uke chance, and just seeing the Ukelele name on the back of a jersey. Yeah, because we're all related. We're all related. It's a great family story, and my dad just loved, from my kids wearing it in t-ball all the way up to seeing me. On the back of the, you know, the away Red Sox jersey, not the home one, but the away <laughs> one. He loves seeing that Euclid's name, and and we're, I'm very fortunate to have my number retired and name put out at UC and high school, and and it's there forever. So it's pretty cool that we've we've uh, put that Euclid's name on the map. But my dad was the key to it all. Well, he was definitely the
0: key. Andrew in the Red Sox Hall of Fame. That'll be forever. Euclid's family will reign supreme for a long time, ladies and gentlemen. Two-time, two-time World Series champ, son of a legend, Kevin Euclid. See you. Appreciate you,
2: man. All right, guys. Thank you.
0: Cool dude. Beast. Cool, cool dude, man. Mm -hmm. All-time Red Sox. 11 days ago, his dad passed away. Tomorrow's probably gonna be quite a wave of emotion for him. Mm -hmm. For sure. I can't thank him enough for coming on. And I mean, what a good guy. And the beer is very good, by the way. Oh, yeah. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to not what your roommates or family are listening to now is the perfect time to get a pair of premium wireless earbuds and Raycon is the way to go Raycon started about half the price of other premium brands on the market and they sound just as amazing and Raycon's everyday E25 earbuds are their best model yet you get 6 hours of playtime seamless bluetooth pairing more bass and a more compact design that gives you a comfortable noise isolating fit perfect for conference calls video chats or binging podcast raycon was co-founded by ray j and celebrities like cardi b and jr smith have already given raycons their seal of approval now it's your turn to see what the hype is all about get 15 percent off your order at buyraycon.com pat that's buyraycon.com slash pat for 15 percent off raycon wireless earbuds buyraycon.com slash pat uh let's talk about the nfl let's talk about nfl legends let's talk about somebody who was bald now has an incredible head of hair he's on four thousand billboards he was a punt returner in college and he became one of the most hellacious linebackers in nfl history ladies and gentlemen from new mexico state brian urlack
3: you just said new mexico state pat
0: oh it's not new mexico state it's new mexico no No, it's
3: just new mexico
0: Well, I'm happy you didn't hang up. That is.
3: Wow. Well, I'm still. I'm not. I'm. I'm not on here for long. Wow. Come on.
0: Hey. <laughs> That's 100 on me. New Mexico gets no love either. So here's me trying to give love to New Mexico, and instead I give it to the you do
3: s- And you just smacked me in the face, basically.
0: No, no, I would never do that to you, Brian. I would never smack you in the face. I would never. No, but you just did, though. No,
1: no, no,
3: no, 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 no. No, no. no. no, no. It
0: was somebody else. It
3: was. It's a- <laughs> okay, man. It happens to me all the time. People give no respect to my to my alma mater. D. The- university of new mexico
0: let's go that's what we've been talking about we've been talking about ton m all week you know what i mean the university of new mexico we've talked about the
3: the that's right
0: yeah the (laughs) university of new mexico they created not only a man who was a safety punt returner freak athlete that became one of the greatest middle linebackers in the history of the sport but they also created what seems to be an incredible businessman just a couple weeks ago it came out that you were potentially a part of the investment group that's buying the mets is that an accurate statement
3: I know a bunch of really cool people. I'll tell you that much. I really smart and rich people. How about that? <laughs> I, uh, you know, I've, I know Mike Rapoli pretty well. Mike uh, used to own Vitamin Water back in the day, and I was a part of Vitamin Water. Uh, oh. My financial advisor is really like intertwined with uh, Rapoli, uh, Vinny Viola, and he knows Alex and Jennifer as well. So I, I was fortunate to be uh, under his tutelage for all this stuff.
0: You were in on vitamin water with 50 cent back in the day? You guys had a vitamin water. Try it. That thing went for Ooh. like $200 million or something, didn't
3: it? $4 billion they sold for. Oh, Jesus.
0: Or like, yeah. you're living
3: good. 200 oh, no, I wasn't an owner. I was like a a guy. Like, you know, they put them on commercials and stuff. Oh. I wasn't an owner. Come on, don't start putting me up there with all these other people. <laughs> I was an owner. I'm I was su- an endorser. How about that?
0: Okay, how about this hair company in Chicago? Because we drove through Chicago... Yeah. Oh, wow.
3: wow! I had to get up, took my son to football practice, came back and did this for you. So I haven't really uh, brushed it yet, but it's there, man. It's crazy.
0: It is. Are you a part owner of that
3: company, or what? Or just endorser? Yeah, restore. Yeah, so it's called Restore, man. I, you know, like, I want to say four or five years ago, they came at me and were like, "Hey, would you like to get your hair done?" I was like, "Oh, I like being bald. This, it's, that's my look," you know. And they're like, "Well, if you get the procedure done, it's not that big of a deal." You know, you don't have any scars. If you don't like it, you can still shave your head. I was like, I'll try it. Of course, I get the procedure done. I'm like, oh. my wife's like, you look pretty good. My kids are like, yeah, it's not bad. I was driving through a Chick-fil-A drive-thru, and the girl, the girl was like, you look really young. I was like, oh, I'm keeping it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but they're, they're awesome, man. I, it's amazing to me how many people care about their hair. Because I never really cared um, until you know I got mine done. But uh, it's pretty crazy how many men care about losing their hair. And if their hair thins... They, uh, they don't like that.
0: It's a lot. By the way, there's like seven in our office right now that I believe every time we drive by the billboard with your hair, your head on there, yeah. everybody's like, need to get that done. Stat. It's not that bad of a process, huh?
3: No, you have a nice head of hair, by the way. Pat. You, you got some sweet locks up there, bro. Thank you. Just checking that out, man. They,
0: wow. Hey, look at the fade, too. Hey, hey, Ooh. I know you got a nice tight fade going on the side. <laughs> so yeah.
3: Before, I didn't have hair, and now I have, but I used to have a nice little tight fade, too, on the side. But my hair, like, on top was like, can you see? It was like this long, nine oh, inches.
0: Like Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Brock Lesnar up there. You had that Brock Lesnar cut.
3: His might have been longer than mine, actually. Mine was super short, man. Because it, it, it was, you know, on the front there, it was kind of, I had the divots going already when I was young. So I uh, I got, you don't have, you, you're just good, man.
0: I know. But they always say like your, your mom's dad's the hair, which doesn't make sense because then brothers would always have the same hair. But I do. Dude, got... My grandpa had a full head of hair and I got nothing. When'd you go bald? On my mom's side. When'd you go bald? Why'd I go bald? When, when, when? Oh, I was like, I didn't have any hair. 22
3: or 23, I started getting those divots. And then, you know, you get made fun enough in the locker room, you just just let it go. So I started shaving my head. It was much easier that way.
0: Now, can we talk about the transition from being the best athlete on the field at like a smaller position to being the best athlete on the field at a linebacker position? Now, I'm sure you've answered this question a thousand times, but with the way football is right now, speed at the linebacker position, as opposed to back when you were playing, when it was a big ground and pound, I feel like now would have been a time where you potentially, not that you obviously greatest of all, one of the greatest of all time, but I feel like now the game is more set up for what you would have really captured. Am I, is that wrong in thinking that
3: they throw the ball so much now, you know, everything is geared toward throwing the ball over the field. It's just a different, I don't feel like the, the running game is a big deal anymore. It's, it's a, it is obviously, but, um, you can get the same thing out of the running game as a short passes, you know. And teams are teams are utilizing that. But you know, the linebackers—I feel like they're smaller now. They're faster. Um, I was fortunate because I was bigger and I could run. You know, could. Um, it's just, <laughs> and now all the guys are fast. You know, all you guys—they're six one, six feet, two twenty, 220, two twenty-five. I was—I played at two fifty-five my last five years, so Jeez. I'll still be bigger, but I, I still could run um, for a while there in the middle of my career. I could still run a little bit. So I just if you can move and cover some ground in this league. And the thing that, I, that helped me in pass coverage was my height. You know, I was tall in the middle of the field. So in cover two, I they, they, they had to elevate the ball, which helped the safeties converge on some of those deep passes. But uh, my height and my speed, I, I was fortunate to be able to have both.
0: You're a, you're a freak athlete, obviously. It, was. It, it, no, was I, you still are. You still are from the yeah. university no, of New anymore. Mexico. No. Really? You don't do anything anymore. You just kind of sit around. Oh, with- yeah, I do.
3: I, all I do is ride my mountain bike and I got, and I ride my road bike. Um, uh, I, I played softball a couple of years ago in this little league out here in Arizona. Popped my hamstring run to first base. I was, I was, but I was safe. Um, Way to go. I uh, I just don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm worried about popping Achilles or something. I'm just so nervous. That my I'm 42 now, so I just don't want to get hurt. I want to be able to ride my bike and not get fat and eat whatever I want mm-hmm. to, and that's it. I and hang out with my kids.
0: I don't think you're ever going to get fat. I believe that's probably an Erlacher trait, but I like the fact that you're trying to.
3: <laughs> I like food. A me, lot. Me too, man. So the, the more I eat, the more I ride my bike. That's all there is to it.
0: Did you see T.O. at forty six run a four four yesterday against Tyreek Hill?
3: Was that at a, at the combine? What was that? An that official four <laughs> four?
0: <laughs> I asked that same question. But I watched yeah. the video. There's one guy who has a stopwatch. Okay, and he goes uh, Tyreek just ran a four three seven, and then he said uh, T.O. was in a four four range or whatever. And it was like the yeah. then the headlines were like, okay, T.O. stayed with. Tyree Kill, though, by the way, which is still insane to think of. But yeah, that guy right He's back five there, yards behind him. Yeah, yeah, but it's still. I mean, forty yard race, I guess five yards isn't that close. He's in the same yeah. shot though. And that one guy, you're going to see him. He came up. He got it with his hand, and we know he has a trusted timer. That guy in the back, right there.
3: <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Um, I, I mean, t- every look at his body, he looks the same as he as he has his whole career. Um, you know, what, what's Terrell been re- retired for eight nine years now? Yeah, looks the same. I,
0: Who's somebody you played against that you were like, hey, this person might give me a problem athletically, or did that never happen?
3: Oh, it, it, obviously it happened. There were some great players in the NFL. You look at, I think the guys I matched up with were tight ends and running backs for the most part. But um, Gronkowski became in the league, but luckily he was in the AFC. You know, big guy, 6'6", 2", whatever he was. Hey, what AFC, makes him?
0: What makes six, him so good? Because he got rated a ninety five on Madden after retiring for a year, and everybody lost their mind. They were like, this guy, but he was. When he came out on the field, he was a game-changer, right? he's 95 a, right now or 95 back in the day? Right now he's a 95. He's uh, he's more than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey Obviously, <laughs> oh. you don't think that's good. I don't huh?
3: play Madden. I don't really. My son plays it. My Him and my daughter tell me the ratings and the scores and all this junk, how it works. I don't really understand it. But, wow, that seems pretty high for a guy who took it. Maybe they're expecting him to be more healthy and faster because he took a year off. What makes him so dominant, though? Just his size, his catch radius. Uh, he's strong as hell. Uh, just, and I think, you, you, the thing I like about him is he loves football. The dude gets out there and you can see how much he loves the, the game of football when he's on the field. He's having a good time. Uh, but just his catch radius, his strength, and it's amazing how good his, the catches he makes like down to his ankles or wherever the ball, he catches everything. It's unreal to me how good his hands are. He doesn't look like a guy to have great hands, but he has tremendous hands.
0: He's like a nimble Clydesdale. It makes no sense. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, you know, Jimmy Graham was a, was a, for a while there, was tough as well, uh, NFC guy. But you know, there was never a time where I was like, "Oh man, I'm really outmatched here. I better, I better uh, get some help." Because I, you know, if you think that way, you probably beat from the beginning.
0: Yeah, I agree. I would think that every time I lined up against somebody, and that's probably why I was a middle linebacker. Right? You know
3: what I mean? Well, you're a great punter and kickoff guy. Look at you! Oh. You're the best ever.
0: The University of New Mexico legend like
3: University. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, right. I didn't put that on there. Let's... And look at you now. Look how big. I always see like your Insta chat stuff. Like yeah. your arms are all big. Yeah, come on. You're hitting the golf ball with no shoes on, 379 yards. Hey,
0: I look, look pretty good right now. I honestly do. It's unbelievable. I, it makes no I agree. Sense. And you
3: got the holy shorts on, so you fit in with everybody like the kids. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> The holy jeans short. Everyone's wearing the holy jeans uh, shorts, that's cool. Uh, yeah, fashion.
0: Okay. <laughs> fashion. Or like or
3: the Sorry. Uh, yeah. Well my son started wearing those. My son's fifteen, now he's wearing the you know, he's got, got to be like everybody else and wear the cool stuff,
0: down. Yeah. Well, I'm happy one person in the family's got a little fashion sense. The, um, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Chicago Bears, team you love, obviously. Team yes. uh, that I think you've rekindled with, which is good news and everything. I don't know if there's ever a beef or anything like that, but they are in the middle of an interesting situation right now, right? Going into what is oh. a prove-it year for a lot of people. I think it's a prove-it year for Nagy. I think this is a prove-it year for potentially Mitchell Trubisky and maybe yeah. even Pace. I, I mean, there's a potential a full operation Happened there Just two years ago One of the best teams In the NFC Last year obviously Problematic What are your thoughts Going into Obviously the drama about, uh, Around a quarterback battle Which I've never seen before I've never seen like Two legit starters Before have to battle In camp How do you feel About going into The bear season What are your thoughts On it
3: I was going to So you know After season Or a month after season um Pace was like Mitchell's our guy He's our guy We drafted number two Overall we're going to Ride with him You know we we, uh, we Took a step back Last season Blah 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 but he's our guy, and like three weeks later, they went and drafted, uh, They traded for Foles. I was like, "What the hell?" I, I thought. I thought maybe they're just gonna have a really high-priced backup. Is what I thought. They're just gonna have a guy just in case Mitchell gets hurt or something doesn't work out. We're gonna have super high-priced backup. And now they're saying that they're both gonna battle for the job. Um, I get it. No, uh, Nick Foles has some good credentials. You know, he came as a good backup there for Philly that one year. Um, but I just, I don't know. You, know, their defense is good every single year. Every year, their defense. You know, you got um, Khalil, obviously. They got some Hakeem Hicks, uh, Eddie Jackson back there, Kyle Fuller. Big-name players. I just – I don't I don't understand the, uh, the the trade for Nick Foles. I like the guy. Nothing against him. Nothing whatsoever. I just – if you talk about keeping a guy quarterback, after you traded up to get him at number two, probably didn't have to, but you did, and then you um, you trade for a guy. It, it was confusing to me. And Ryan Pace is a smart guy. Don't don't get me wrong. He's a smart guy. He knows what he's doing. I know Foles played in Kansas City under Coach Nagy. So I get to that as well. So I I just thought, I think if you're gonna say you're gonna stick with a guy, stick with him.
0: Listen, I don't know your relationship with Mitch. I don't know Mitch that well. He obviously did not play well last year, but to yeah. bring in a high priced guy like that, and then say it's an open competition. The state of mind that Trubisky has to be in is so, I I couldn't even fathom, in the locker room as well now. So now the locker room's in a situation where, and I, I brought this up to the boys earlier, and they found it fascinating, like a defense, like the defense, okay? Let's say there's some corners that are boys with Mitchell Trubisky. Okay, and they good. accidentally make a or slip or something on a foals play in practice. There's there's a lot of things that are going to go into this entire. <laughs> there, I mean, there is yeah. a lot of feelings that are going to go into not knowing your quarterback's a big deal. That is a big deal, I think, in the NFL. That is yeah, not being talked about. about.
3: All that stuff you just said, I don't think. I don't think about that stuff. Um, okay, good. I think Mitch' his mindset is going to be I'm the guy. I think that just after talking to him and seeing his interviews and what he's done his whole career. He's confident about in himself. He believes in his ability. You know, two years ago, he had a great season. Great. You know, they ran the ball well. Last year, took a step back, but I don't think that's all his fault. Their offensive line was banged up. Name one of his receivers besides Allen Robinson that, that's, that did something. He had no tight ends, though know, they have a good, they're running back Montgomery I really like. I think he'll be better this year. He'll get some more carries, but, if they're healthy up front, I think it's going to help everyone, not just him. If Foles is the guy, Foles, Foles would be better as well. But if they stay healthy up front, that's where it starts for me on the offensive side of the football.
0: You like Trubisky a lot, huh? I do.
3: I, you know, I, not so much for what he's done on the field, just the way he handles himself, man. I, I, so I was I played for twenty one different quarterbacks in Chicago. Oh, what?
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. twenty one different starting quarterbacks in my thirteen years in Chicago. So. When you have a guy who walks to the mic after a game when they win, and all he talks about is the offensive line, the defense, the coaching, the running backs, the receivers, I respect it. When he walks to the mic after they lose and says, I have to play better, I didn't do a good enough job, never says anyone else has always his fault when you lose. I respect the shit out of that. So when, I, when when a guy does that, I have a lot of respect for him. So it's hard for me to just give up on him um, because of one bad season.
0: I respect that a lot.
1: Brian right, I just wanted to hear your opinion on a guy that you played against a lot in Aaron Rodgers, can you believe that the Green Bay Packers after are forcing he... him
0: out right now? They're just forcing him out. Hey, get the hell out of here, Aaron! Yeah, don't care about you. <laughs> Give the boot,
3: dude. I, when when I saw that draft pick, nice nice quad. You got some big quads too. Thank you. thank <laughs> you. <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, back to uh, Aaron. Um, I was I was shocked at that draft pick, but you look at they did the same thing to Brett. They drafted Aaron in the first round. Brett still played, what, three more years uh, before Aaron got in there. So, it, And it's worked out for Aaron pretty well. So, what is he, 36, 37 now? Oh, yeah, 36. Man, he's, he's getting up. Doesn't look like he's slowing down, though, to me. I mean, he still gets it done. He still puts the ball on. The, the thing that's amazing about Aaron to me, he doesn't turn the football over. He gets all the pressure. He doesn't have great – I mean, he has good receivers. Don't get me wrong. I have Devontae and a couple other guys, but – You look at every year; it's usually all on him. He does not turn the football over; doesn't make bad decisions.
0: What What are your thoughts on? uh, Obviously, in Chicago, this is a little bit of a sore subject. But Patrick Mahomes just signs for half a billion dollars. That Chiefs deserved it. Deserved. I agree, one hundred percent. This is a baseball contract for the first time in the NFL.
3: I like seeing guys that get paid who deserve the money, and that dude earned it. Deserves it. Uh, He is. A badass. I'm, I'm a huge fan of
0: his. That offense seems unstoppable. I, I mean, granted, they what struggled early. They struggled early against a couple of teams, and there was a lot of people. We talked to Rex Ryan yesterday about it, and I said, how do you stop that Chiefs offense? And he said, well, if I'm a coordinator, I'm I'm thinking about potentially playing sick like that week. I'm, I'm potentially trying to get out of it. But a lot of people started chiming in because the Colts beat them last year, and other teams beat them last year, but that was the beginning of the season. And Patrick, yes. Patrick Mahomes even came out and said, "Like I didn't even understand what a defense was doing until about halfway through the season last year so they're only going to get better that when you have Watch that ma- when you have that many weapons what the hell do you do brian and and so
3: i know what we would do on defense is play cover two that's all we did you know when we had a good offense like that payton or tom brady or drew Brees, aaron we play cover two and you know we would give up three four five yards of probably up and check down every once in a while to his for a long run but we just played like the band but don't break and it, it, you know when we had a chance to blitz we would if we had a good a favorable down distance but Man, we just played cover two, and for the most part, we were pretty successful doing that. We just didn't um, – teams aren't patient enough to keep doing the dink and dump. They get mad. They want to take a shot. and That's when they get to second and 11, third and 12, you know, get them in a bad situation and you get off the field. So I think we were very patient with our cover two. We just kept playing. it. It didn't. I didn't always like it, but Lovey was always patient with us and calling cover two, and we always got pressure with four guys. We didn't have the blitz to get pressure. We had good enough guys up front to get pressure before.
0: The Kansas City Chiefs offensive line is very good. They're going to have to keep them together. Really good. In two years, they got a lot of guys going up that are going to be a lot of money, and nobody knows how they have any of this money that they have that they're paying everybody. So that'll be something that Andy Reid and Vich will have to figure out. Cover two, though, for people that don't understand, you're basically just keeping everything in front of you don't let anybody over top.
3: You got it, man. Just have your safeties play deep. Keep your middle linebacker down the middle of the field. And hopefully get pressure up for but keep everyone in front of you. If you have corners that can get your hands – like we had Charles Tillman, Tim Jennings, Nathan Basher, we had some good corners when I was there that could get their hands on the receivers. So we um we trusted them and and they also supported the run as well. That's what people don't give Charles Tillman credit for. That dude would come up and hit you in the running game as well.
0: Tim Jennings was a gunner for me at the Colts. He was there with you, right? Yeah, he was a gunner for us. And in practice, he was dominating a corner. They would never put him in. Then he goes to Chicago and makes like three Pro Bowls or whatever. Right? <laughs> he had like
3: 10 picks one year. Yes, I think he did. He, if I was a receiver, I would hate that. He's so annoying. You know, he's only like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, yeah, great gunner, he just gunner gets too. up in your grill. He's so feisty and mean and just... uh he was a really, really good corner for us for what, four or five years there? But he won the Super Bowl with you guys, right?
0: You uh, yeah, before I got there. Thanks, man. Did <laughs> there that year? Was no. it Hunter Smith? Yeah, it was Hunter the Punter. He's a country musician oh, now. No. He's a Super Bowl champion. You yeah. missed out. I'm sorry. I did, yeah. We lost to Drew Brees, our locker. Nick has a question.
3: <laughs> Ryan. Okay, sorry. Uh, oh, yeah. now you want to change
0: the subject? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Your sure. misfortunes. Okay,
4: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Go, ahead. Go ahead, Nick. Ryan, who was the hardest player you've ever faced to tackle, and why was it Jerome Bettis?
3: What do you say? Why did I get run over by Jerome Bettis? No, it's not, no, no,
0: <laughs> no. That's not what he said. He did not slap you in the face like that. He did. He no, did guess... ask why Jerome Bettis was so hard to tackle, other than him being 290 pounds. I think at one
3: point. Oh, I thought I thought he said who was the hardest player you had to tackle? Yeah, um, he did. He did. Oh, Ricky Williams. Wow. Dude, so Ricky's 5'10", 240, runs a four three or four four forty. I'm 6'4", I can't get under Ricky. So Ricky to me always was. Um, I mean, he had some, he had I think one ninety or two hundred against us on Monday night in Miami. He had like 150 my rookie year when he was with the Saints, but he he was and we I had some good games against him as well. But Ricky was a beast, man. He was you know at that size and that speed and that weight, I wasn't gonna get under him. I uh, we had some good collisions, but he uh, his chin his helmet always ended up right here under my chin. So <laughs> too tall, man. But uh, Nick uh, Jerome, shit, what freaking 280, 275 um, nimble. Go figure. That's why that's why my why it's hard to tackle.
0: He won a Super Bowl, obviously, in his home town. There to send it out last season. Yeah, that's dream. They life.
3: beat us that year, so you know they beat us in week like eleven or what, uh, twelve. And they never lost another game. They went out. They went on. They ran the table
0: there from from there out. Well, the city of Pittsburgh thanks you then for sure. I mean, oh
3: yeah, I was I got ran over that game by Jerome as well. Oh, there's a picture of me holding Jerome falling on my back. <laughs> Guess what? He's not the only guy that ran me over.
0: <laughs> hey, you're, yeah. hey, you're going to get got. You just got to get yours more than you get got, though. Yeah, watch I tried lunch. to give
3: out more than I took, but uh, yeah, I got juked. I got ran over. I got a lot of bad things happening. Yeah, like but, else
0: yeah but whenever you're in the game things like that are going to happen do you ever do you remember any sure. positive things that you've done do you remember any like big like any collisions for instance i tackle Trenton holiday on sunday night football i'm reminded yeah. of it every single day that is a moment in football that i will obviously <laughs> never forget there's the photo of her Erla- <laughs> oh
3: there's thank you <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's is that, is Nick
3: the guy? No, that's yeah.
0: actually a kid from Chicago named Zito. Uh, he's the one that put that up there. And he lo- he's a Portillo's hoodie on right there. He loves You're you. You're dead to me. No! Oh, Oh, my We're not going to go there.
3: We're not going to go there. But I do like that you lot. wear a Portillo's hoodie. I think it means movie. a lot oh jeez oh, i don't know oh, you guys went crazy he's gonna no retire dude he loves the guy bro he loves, he loves you. you
0: he loves you so i'm just messing with you no 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 he's dead to I'm you, you. no no he's dead to you
3: <laughs> I don't never even, bro never. i didn't know him in the first place <laughs> all right well throw it out you just go back to bed he was, <laughs> yeah. he was gonna so use you your standing up to show your your shorts and how you have the cuts in them is no that why you I... keep standing up Matt?
0: no i got add actually when the show started i had a mobile microphone back here
3: oh nice hey oh
0: thank you the
3: uh... oh wow you look like uh the dude from uh, a star is born tell By me Cooper. something girl. i love that song
0: it's a good song. Bradley Cooper wrote that. Son of a bitch is an actor, and all of a sudden comes out with a full album that's maybe the best that's album. Like my,
3: one of my top five favorite movies. By the way, I like the Mr. T starter set too. It looks good. Got <laughs> the chain around the neck. It looks <laughs> hey, good and the watch. Look at this. And a, oh wow! These, wow! Look at you. You you uh huh. Pro, uh, styling and profiling. What's that? What is,
0: oh, oh you limousine ride? Oh, jet flyer. <laughs> jet <Jeff> Yeah. <laughs> yes. Son of a gun. Sorry. Uh, yes. I, I don't have alligator shoes on, but we do have to get not yet. I they don't. I got fat feet. I mean, I don't fit in those things.
3: You usually don't wear shoes anyway, do you? You're usually a no shoes guy.
0: Uh, golfing. I'm a no shoes guy because I like to feel Mother Earth before I hack the shit out of her. You know what I mean?
3: What, what you got a nice golf? You crush it, dude. You are you. Is, is that why you're so much bigger? Because you're trying to do a DeChambeau thing with the golf? <laughs> or, hey, is that what you're doing?
0: Hey, any other sport? A lot of people would ask a lot of questions about what he did this offseason. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. You're right.
0: You're right. I mean, forty pounds or something like that. He goes from thirty four well, to one.
3: I saw his diet, what he eats, and you know what he has to intake every day to keep his. Is he 250,
0: 245? Yeah, massive. Nine protein shakes a day. Did you have anything like that? Yeah. Did you have any like? Uh, uh, did were you like a super uh, strict dieter? Food,
3: food, food. everything, everything. <laughs> Dr Pepper's, oh. Big Macs, Chipotle, Chick fil A, Sonic, <laughs> all that stuff. I love it during season yeah no
0: problem while you're oh
3: yeah um well during season i was a little better uh i would eat you know olive garden and we like <laughs> uh, really ate, really ate two meals at the facility so when i got a chance to eat other stuff i uh i enjoyed that opportunity oh my god yeah
0: this guy's just a freak six foot four all over the place beast hold just on during guy. season
3: you can eat that because you burn the calories now Pat, i don't know i don't quite eat the same as i used to
0: yeah, but you you told us at the very beginning of this conversation you're literally trying to get fat right
3: now. I'm not trying to get fat. I'm trying to not get fat.
0: <laughs> but you're trying to eat everything. That's why you get on the mountain bike. Got it.
3: Yeah, I'm trying to offset my eating with the mountain biking.
0: Are you in a desert? Don't switch my words. dude. <laughs> <laughs> I am in desert. We live
3: in uh, we live in Arizona. We live right outside of Phoenix, and Chandler.
0: Do you live near Cliff Kingsbury's house?
3: I don't know. Does he live in Arizona? Does hey, he live here? Did you see his I'm house? The head coach for the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, i don't know where he lives
0: his house on draft night he's got a I drug lord picture. yeah you should try to find that out
3: <laughs> there's plenty of those houses out here we live uh you know this is my neighborhood is McNabb.
0: how is he good dude i've never got to meet donovan McNabb.
3: yeah he's good i like him i, I never see him but i like him he's always happy i tell you that much guys a happy go lucky dude <laughs> always smiling He get that deep voice i was talking He's a good dude.
0: So are you. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, thanks. Absolute (laughs) legend. Great hair on the guy. Terrible fashion sense. more time. We'll get a messy hair out there. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Urlacher. You're the best, dude. If you could tell Zito to go fuck himself again, we'd really (laughs) appreciate that.
3: No. Who's that? I don't even know who that
0: is. Oh. Let's go,
3: baby. I don't know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. That's great. That's even better. I'm playing. Okay. I'm messing with you. You're my guy. Go Bears.
0: Oh, Bear time. Oh, jeez. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Erlacher. See you, brother. What a legend. I apologize for interrupting, but I got a question for you. Wouldn't it be great if every clothing store you shopped at had only your size, what styles you like, and at the price you want? Well... There's a company focused on making that happen. In the world of clothes shopping, there are no consistent sizes. Why should we have to try to guess if a medium is really a medium or constantly have to return clothes, purchase online, to find something that fits perfectly? Stitch Fix is a personal styling company that makes getting the clothes you love effortless. It's a completely different way to shop that's all about you every single time. To get started, you go to stitchfix.com slash pat to set up your profile and they'll deliver great looks personalized just for you in your colors, your style, and your budget. You pay a $20 styling fee for each fix, which is credited towards anything you keep. Schedule at any time. There's no subscription required. Plus, shipping, returns, and exchanges are easy and free. Stitch Fix does the hard work for you, making great style effortless for everybody, including men, women, and kids. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash pat, and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash pat for 25% off. That's almost a quarter. 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. stitchfix.com slash pat. New way of shopping that fits you perfectly. stitchfix.com slash Pat, 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. Down in Orlando, there is a bubble, and the NBA players are living down there. They're shotgunning beers, they're fishing, uh, they're golfing, and they're playing a lot of basketball. There's a lot of testing happening. There's a lot of good things happening in the NBA. A man who is not down there because he tested positive for COVID prior, and doctors told him he shouldn't go down there, but he wishes he was down there, from the Brooklyn Nets, legend Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah!
4: thank you for having me
0: thank you for having me how's it going spencer i can't thank you enough for joining us brother
4: oh no it's all good man i'm um, soon when you reached out i was uh i was honored
0: well the honor's all mine can't wait to chat with you let's talk about your situation and why you're not down there in the bubble because it did make a little bit of news i think last week or the week before that you tested positive for COVID 19 are you okay and do you still have COVID 19
4: uh, no, I'm good. Um, okay. I'm there we go. There thank we go. Yeah. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, it was an up and down process. I had, you know, fever for like four days straight and then, you know, flu-like symptoms for another, shoot, what, two weeks almost or something like that. So it, w- it was weird. And, and, you know, my test would flip positive and negative, but. Um, I'm good now, um, and excuse like the what looks like sweat. I actually just got out of the shower, so. <laughs> <laughs> and we
0: we appreciate that if you're getting out of workout, also would be respected as well. Whenever you the, go. when the conversation was to go down to the bubble, and all that conversation was happening, negotiation between the NBA and the MBPA, I assume that was right in the middle of you having the coronavirus. Is that is that proper timing, or did that happen before then?
4: No, no, no. So it was already solidified, and then I went back to New York. To practice, And that's where um, I caught it. So I actually like when I, I was in San Antonio uh, for most of quarantine, then I flew back to New York, started practicing. I pra- I got in like three practices or something like that, three, four practices and then caught it. And, you know, that's when the time I kind of started. And it coincided, obviously, with the whole ramp up to play, all those things with them flying to Orlando. And so then, you know, you're talking about two weeks, three weeks, really um, laying in the bed almost. Uh, missing the flight, would have had to fly down there, probably commercial, you know, quarantine for 10 more days. So now you're looking at 30 something days out of, you know, in the bed, not doing nothing. And then trying to play basically the next three days after that or something. And so the doctor was just like, you know, it doesn't make that much sense.
0: Yeah, because also I, I believe Kyrie's not playing. KD's not playing. They, I don't want to say that the Brooklyn Nets don't have their best foot forward, but it seems like almost behind the eight ball at this point to go down there. It, I wonder if that also played into the decision like, hey, Kyrie's not going to be playing. You are going to be out 30 days. You getting back into shape is probably going to take long enough anyways for the thing to even be done. Feels like a smart decision. But when it was reported, the initial report was that you were opting to sit out. And then it came out like, no, this was a doctor decision decision and now that we hear it laid out it's like obviously this was the smartest decision that you could have made yeah yeah no
4: exactly exactly uh this this wasn't me uh you know catching and saying oh i'm out you know i wanted to be with my team i wanted to be with the guys um i also can't be selfish and jeopardize the whole nba bubble we all know what this means for (laughs) the league as a whole like just (laughs) You know, if I show up and then everybody starts catching it and, you know, you blame me for the whole NBA crash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any
3: of that at all.
0: It felt like during the negotiation and return to play between the NBA and the MBPA, there was a real spirit of cooperation of wanting to make this happen. And then obviously Kyrie, Dwight, in the middle of social injustices, a lot of conversations happen on whether or not it should happen or not. Was there ever a time where a majority of NBA players thought that this bubble was potentially not going to happen?
4: Um, I would say I think NBA players as a whole were just uncertain until the actual you know ink was dry, pretty much. Yeah. Um, uh, I think the numbers uh, were probably split down the line uh, for most most of the time and fluctuated back and forth because you know we don't we have an executive committee that does a great job, but we don't always understand every single piece of everything that's going on. Um, and, and so that's kind of how how it works. You know what I mean? I mean I think Kyrie had a very valid point. And, you know, keeping the focus where it needs to be, which is very true. I think the NBA has a very valid point that they feel like added exposure can be a a benefit to the movement. So it depends on how you view it um, and and what side you sit on with that. But obviously, we're returning to play. And and I know at the core of everything, we love the sport. You know what I mean? And we we love to play. So, you know, I think uh, being pure in that intention and then also uh, championing the cause that you feel is right.
0: So, have you been talking to your teammates that are down there, and what has been the overall reaction? Because we only see, you know, shots in there. We only see, like, the terrible first meal, and then people come out like, no, it's actually not that bad. Then we see the big-ass bass that the L.A. Clippers are pulling out of ponds (laughs) everywhere. Then you see the Pelicans golfing, and then you hear about the snitch line. You only hear, like, bits and pieces. Yeah. Are you talking to people down there, and how is the overall reception to the bubble that is down there?
4: Yeah. Um, No, I'm definitely talking to my teammates. The overall reception uh the consensus for the first night's food was definitely bad <laughs> but, uh overall though uh it's actually been uh really good they kind of call it like an au tournament type of vibe um for everybody's played au you know bonding with your teammates bonding with your brothers being on there having the you know activities blocked off and people being able to be normal people is another thing that uh you know i've heard you know you got guys not walking around with five security guards like, like they would during summer league in vegas right they're just kind of walking around, you know, the, the, the biggest star down to, you know, the, the most regular person um, in the NBA is just walking around and co-mingling and, and making it one big brotherhood. So I think it's a good thing.
0: Yeah. I think it's going to be good for the NBA as a whole. It's like a, uh, like a, Hey, let's go to camp. Hey, let's go to camp here. We're all going to be sequestered. Are you kind of bummed that you're not down there?
4: Yeah, a little bit, you know, uh, this this is definitely history. Uh, I think it's a great bonding experience. I think guys are having fun right now. So, you know, you do have a, a little bit of FOMO, um in a sense but you know overall um the the greatest honor that i have is being a dad and so being able to spend a little bit more time with my son is uh is big for me and and, and that's the way i kind of balance the
0: two in in my mind how old are you are not how old are you how tall are you spencer
4: <laughs> six five with no shoes six six basketball height <laughs> Wow!
0: because whenever you said the guys are allowed to be normal humans down there like, that's a real thing. I, Anthony Costanzo was a teammate of mine. He was six foot seven. He's just this monster man. Anytime he walks into any room, every human just stares at him, right? Let alone yeah. in the NBA where you stare at people and then you know who they are. Their quality of life has to not be that fantastic. Just lock it down. I would assume getting out and being able to just be normal amongst a bunch of giants and celebrity people is probably quite a good thing for a lot of people down there. I don't even think about Yeah, that.
4: no, I, I can imagine. It's, it's got to be great. You know, we, we get... Very very brief moments when uh, that's kind of the life that we live. So typically speaking, like you said, we walk down the street, and even if you're not a great NBA player, but you're six nine, they go, Who? "Where? Did, I think I've seen." You, know, you get that a lot.
0: Uh, let's talk about your uh, GoFundMe Bitcoin pick. Uh, where I'm headed to <laughs> racket? What came of that? You're on contract, I think, for the next couple years still, but the you have. What you do on the internet, I very much love. Like I love oh, the way man, you operate you. on the internet. No problem. Whenever you thought of that idea and got it moving, what was the reaction from people? And will you do that in a couple years? Whenever you are a free agent and willing to move somewhere potentially.
4: Um. First, I'd like to say thank you because, uh, you know, you're an inspiration in terms of betting on yourself, and guess. you know, I've, I've done similar type of things, and that's kind of the the ethos of the the GoFundMe thing too. Um, part of it was a little bit outrageous right like like i set the number really high so we wouldn't get it um and it would end up being a charity donation but the concept of fan engagement and governance you know how cool would it be to involve your fans on decisions that you go through you know and it could be as small as hey uh you know i'm between these two colorways of shoes tonight um you guys get to choose but it could be as big as you know i have these three offers on the table which team do you guys like the most? (laughs) It was a little bit facetious because um, I said, y'all can pick any team in the world and I'll go there for just a million dollars. Like, no, that'd be cap circumvention. You can't do some of that. But if I have three firm offers on the table and like, you know, I'm talking to the teams, whatever my decision-making process is, it's my decision-making process. I'm not circumventing the cap. I'm not signing there for less. It's them putting in a regular offer and me being a free agent. And, you know some people interact with nike or they interact with adidas or they interact with their agent or they interact with whoever and i'm saying well my fans are what the fans are what gives this whole ecosystem the power anyway amen why can't i just say hey fans i have these three offers you know what i mean you can't choose my money because you know the teams do that but if i'm really at a loss and i'm really split down the middle and i'm like hey like what should we do well cho- choose which city
0: that would be legendary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be absolutely – imagine that poll to our show, our show, every sports show that we talk about. Like, All right, well, we are currently 23 hours into Spencer Dinwiddie's Twitter poll. He's down to, it seems, a two-team race at the moment. <laughs> that would be amazing. I think it's brilliant, by the way. And I think your fans, which are your community, will get your back for the long haul for that, which matters more than anybody else could fathom.
4: Exactly. Oh, exactly. Man.
0: Man, you you. I think you're going to do the Bitcoin thing too. Are you in the game? Are you in a bit, Bitcoin game?
4: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm into the blockchain space in general. Um, this is probably something we should talk about offline. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good Spencer, how happy are you and the organization for ne- like for next? I know the season's still going on now, but for next season, when, when Katie's going to be there and Kyrie's going to be there, and you're going to have a full team and, and can really see what the Brooklyn Nets can be.
0: You guys are going to be a problem, dude. A problem.
1: Yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I you know I've said this once and I said again, like KD is a top two scorer of all time. You know what I'm saying? Just depending upon how you how you look at it. You know, you could say Kareem because of uh, the longevity and the amount of points. But in terms of versatility of scoring, whether it be inside, outside, mid range, all that stuff like KD's the best scorer of all time. Um, having that type of person and that type of talent on your team and, and, you know, being your best player. And then, oh, wait, the second best player is, uh, you know, probably got the best handles of all time and has one of the <laughs> most clutch shots you know, in NBA history and, you know, famous for Uncle Drew and all that stuff. I mean, it's, it's, there's just a lot of talent. You know, Karras had a 51-point game this year. You know, I mean, we got DJ who was, who's been a perennial, um, you know, all-defensive player in in the league each year. He's uh, played uh, a lot. And also he was the number one lob catcher this season. You know, then we have Jared Allen come off the bench and he was the number three lob catcher this season and one of the best shot blockers. So, you know, the, the talent is there. You know, we have to coalesce come together. And, and, you know, do some special things so so the unit as a whole can be successful. But, man, like, th- those guys' talent are, are off the charts, and, and it's a pleasure to be able to play with them. Oh, and I forgot, Joe Harris is the best three-point shooter that's not on Golden State. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: That, hey, they changed the game over there in Golden State. They changed the game completely. Then when KD goes over there and he he wears shirts that say three-point layup, I mean, it's like, okay, here's a guy that pulls up from half court and it's like a finger roll for him. It's almost cheating. Nobody thought he was going to pick the Brooklyn Nets. What is it about Brooklyn that has kind of accrued this team now and potentially goes for a run? That is a cool part of New York, obviously, but that team has not been one for a long time that people got hyped about. And when KD picked there and when Kyrie picked there, it was like kind of an interesting move.
4: Yeah. I mean, um when looking at the New York landscape, which uh, you know, people kinda say is where they were leaning. Um, the state of the Knicks is kind of in flux. Um, you know, they've got what they've got going on over there and, and haven't necessarily been the most successful, but the Knicks brand is extremely strong and, and, and they deserve credit in their own right there. Um, but in terms of the Nets, we made the playoffs. We have a solid foundation. We have a good talented core group of guys. I think they saw it as something where You know, they come in and lead that group. It could be special. You know what I'm saying? And and instead of coming in and then having to form an entire uh, team, an entire situation, entire organization around them, they felt like there was a a solid foundation. And so them driving that ship would get us, you know, well, no pun intended, but to a ship. (laughs)
0: oh i get it because you're talking about forging the river forging the river and then taking that ship all the way i got it uh you're talking to the guys that are down in the bubble and i don't want you to have to pick a team that's going to win because you think the brooklyn nets are going to win obviously because you're a good teammate but what do you think who will benefit from this bubble type atmosphere will it be the older players who are better at uh handling distractions or will it be the younger guys who might be you know used to and closer to the aau things where they've been away from their families and kind of locked away for who do you think it's going to benefit more for?
4: No, I think the older players, I think uh, the break gave a lot of people time to get healthy. I think uh, the other underrated part about this is there's no travel and travel is very taxing. It takes a toll. So, you know, for older players, they're not going to have to focus. Well, they're still going to focus on recovery, but they're not going to be as worn down as beaten up because they're walking back to their hotel room instead of getting on a plane and flying four hours and going here and going there and not getting sleep. So I think it definitely benefits the older players. Um, you know, with that being said, obviously, I want the yep. Nets to win. Yep. Um, I, I think Milwaukee's going to continue to be formidable. Obviously, Giannis is dominant. I think uh, the Clippers are going to do their thing. I think, you know, you can never really bet against LeBron. But uh, missing Avery Bradley, missing John Rondo is definitely going to be uh, a pain point for them in terms of guarding, opposing dominant guards. So if they get like a Dame Lillard or, you know, somebody like that in the first round, it, it could be a little dicey. I'm not going to say that, like, you know, Portland will definitively win, but it could get a little dicey for the for Lakers if they face, like, a dominant guard like that.
0: Let's talk about Giannis in the East, man. He feels like something that I've never seen before from an athlete. He just, he's a, and it, he's gotten better, too, like, as it's gone. You see him actually getting better. What has it been like to kind of watch him play and kind of uh, see his dominance kind of take over?
4: I think uh, everybody has a, uh, a different play style. Obviously, it's almost like a signature or a fingerprint. His is very much about imposing his will. And so I think once his body kind of caught up to his mentality, that's why you see such, you know, dominance from him because that's how he's wired. It seems like, you know, if he can dunk on you once, he wants to dunk on you ten times. Some players are, <laughs> it's enough for them to just dunk once or maybe they're like, ah, oh, I'll dunk on you again. But for Giannis, it's like, I will not stop. I will continue to go. So that's what, you know, in my mind makes him so dominant because, like I said, his, his body caught up. Now he's, you know... Muscular and all that other stuff, and, and, and fast, and <laughs> now you see what you see.
0: is he really is. I mean, no, now listen. I'm just saying that because his name is actually the Greek freak and watching his body just become what it was. And we got a chance to watch him play against Vince Carter in uh, down in Atlanta this year And that it was when he got on the court. It was just a different animal. And then when Vince got on the court, by the way, the buzz of the entire arena was lifted. He had a couple yeah. fadeaways in some people's face. He obviously retires. But watching Giannis in person, I was like, damn, this human is just a different level.
2: Spencer, uh, with all these like young marquee recruits now going straight into the G League, do you think if that would have been an option for guys your age that a lot more guys would
1: have done that instead of going to college? For sure.
4: For sure. I mean, you, you got to look at it. The, the reason why a lot of guys didn't follow the Brandon Jennings route because he really kind of was the pioneer uh, is because the overseas life is not necessarily conducive to young people. You know, you, you hear oftentimes that, like, older vet guys, like, really enjoy it and they get established and, you know, they get their kids in school. But younger guys, you're just trying to figure out life. So you go from trying to figure out life, you're 18 in, in America and you're really trying to, you know, grow. Now you're trying to figure out Italy and, and that culture. And, you know, so it, it's they're, they're already on a rocky kind of surface um, to, to go there. It, it doesn't necessarily enhance your chance of success all the time. Unless you're truly special, whereas I feel like the D League is very much training wheels for the NBA, and you get to stay at home, especially with it being like a select team. That means they're gonna have, you know, they're gonna collar these kids in a sense. You know, what I mean, they're gonna get the white glove treatment that normal D League players don't get. Because I was in the D League for for a hot second, and it it's not always the most fun thing <laughs> but when you're experiencing as a quasi NBA player you get a completely different level of uh, treatment.
0: And I think if those stars keep going there, there's going to be TV rights, which is going to be more money. For sure. Which means the high schoolers are already getting 500 grand, allegedly, without shoe deals and everything else. So that money's only going to go up. It probably will be a lot more of a, a, a flight. I mean, I would do it if I was six foot four, six foot five, you know, just like five, six more inches here. And I had handles and I could jump over everybody. I would go straight there and give it, get yeah, my money as soon as sure. possible. Why not? <laughs> give yeah. me, give I me-
4: mean, I, I think uh like really where this scales to, it's going to be a real JV system. Like if the NBA is smart and, and they are Adam. Silver's a great, uh, leader and commissioner, you make it like a JV team. You you give every team a one to one. You know they they come and and they have the same exact schedule we do. It's just that they play at two o'clock, and tickets to go to those games may be you mm. know five dollars, ten dollars. Hey, right. You know smart. right after school, and then we play at eight o'clock. And so bang bang, you get both. And so now it's not hard to scout. You know you get people wanting to stay. They're going to get the same type of treatment. Maybe they are still two to a room, and we're one to a room. And so there's different perks. And they might only be making, you know, 100 grand versus, you know, some of us making, you know, yeah, 5, yeah. 10, 20 million, whatever yeah, it is. But you say, if yeah. you make it like that, <laughs> you know, uh, people will want to stay and and be in the system.
0: Hey, that's incredibly intelligent there. I hope that happens mm-hmm. because I will love that. It's like a, a team's coming in town. entire system's coming yeah. to town to play. You'd want to watch that. Spencer, I am so thankful for this, for this conversation. I hope we have you back.
4: Appreciate you, man. Anytime. Let you, me know.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Brooklyn Nets stud. Spencer Dinwiddie. Yay! Thank you, man. All right, that's the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Erlacher Baron Zito is going to be something we will talk about for a long, long, long time. Spencer Dinwiddie, absolutely incredible human. And Euculus, what a dude, man. Baseball starts tonight. We'll be doing a watch along at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show for the Yankees Nationals game. Come watch with us while we watch baseball. Do I know a lot about baseball? I mean, I played professionally, so obviously. But we'll be having special guests join us. It should be a very fun night, and we can't wait to chat with you. You're the greatest. Thank you all so much for listening. We're back Minana. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.